There is a huge difference between stumbling and causing people to stumble. Good morning, Christian America. Oh, we've said that before and we'll continue to say it in the future because far too many of us don't recognize that difference. We are all fallen. We all fail from time to time for a variety of reasons, but there's a huge difference between repenting and justifying. There's a huge difference between seeking forgiveness and turning your life around and going in a, in a direction of desperation and despair. And those are the two contrasts that we're going to talk about today as we discuss what happens to Judas after his betrayal, after his guilt consumes him for the treachery that he's partaken in, comparing that to Peter and how his denial of Jesus eats at his heart. Let's talk about that this morning as we get into the scripture. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here, as always, representing the Christian American revitalization effort. Before we get this podcast started, we want to remind you guys, encourage you guys, if you like what we do here, if you like the Christian American community, if you like this podcast, the Good Morning Christian America podcast, and if you like the content that we uh, push out to you guys, that we provide to you guys, we'd ask that you share it. We'd ask that you um, subscribe to it. If you go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel, um, you can also subscribe to it on any uh, any platform that they have, the audio-only uh, platforms that's available to you as well. Leave a comment below. Let us know that you're, uh, that you're paying attention. Let us know where we can help you. Let us know where you're struggling with. Uh, let us know what you're interested in, and we'll try to provide that. There is no community without your engagement. This is uh, not a, not just a one-way dialogue. That we encourage conversation and debate and questions and answers and uh, a free-flowing, always respectful dialogue about how we collectively can become uh, better people. We can be more Christocentric in our lives. And that's what we try to do here. That's what we try to encourage you guys to do. Uh, this podcast and all the content Come, that comes out of the Christian American community and the Christian American revitalization effort is meant to be inspirational, educational, and informational because that's how we grow. We grow intellectually, we grow spiritually, we grow passionately. Uh, and, and that idea, that those emotions uh, are infectious and they infect people around us. When we seek the goodness in others, they in turn uh, recognize us by our fruits and hopefully they would in turn want to mimic our actions want to take part in the glory of god that want to take part in the rejoicing of a life that's given a life in abundance and that's what we're all about we're all about improving our lives here on this earth doing the, the works necessary through our faith in christ so that we can have everlasting life and then we want to bring as many people into that fold as possible um it, again it's not us uh, to grow, but we can plant the seeds. Paul talks about, you know, whether it be, it's not, it's Paul that plants the seeds, it's uh, Apollos that waters it, but it's ultimately God that grows uh, that plant, that 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 grows that fruit, right? So we can, we can 
implement those seeds. We can water those seeds. Uh, it's not for us to, uh, for, for people to look towards us. It's for people to look towards Christ. But if we can facilitate that, then we're going to facilitate that. And we do that in a variety of ways. We do that by uh, providing hopefully some inspirational, educational, and informational scripture, podcasts, apparel. Uh, we're, we're dabbling in a whole lot of things because there's a whole lot of things in this nation that need the the in, the uh, inspiration of Christ. There's a whole lot of aspects and a lot of areas in our country today, especially probably more than more than ever, that needs an injection of Christ. It needs an injection of the Holy Spirit. It needs an injection of the Father uh, to to help us overcome these challenges that we face. I don't have to get into them because you already know them. And so part of that is the Friday podcast and the Friday Good Morning Christian America podcast always uh, is continuing our journey through the New Testament, through the book of Matthew. Today we are starting Matthew chapter 27. So if you followed us for the last 18 months, almost two years on the Friday podcast, we've been traversing section by section, portion by portion, bit by bit. Um, through the book of Matthew, we are coming up on uh, on chapter 27. And so Judas has already betrayed Jesus. Jesus has been tried by the Sanhedrin. Along with that, Peter, the rock of the church, the Jesus is number two, who promised that he would never betray him, that, that he would promise that he would never deny him. Um, has already denied him three times. And on that third time, he remembers Jesus' foretelling of that denial. And today, uh, what we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to read about, is Jesus' interaction with Pilate, and then the follow-on as to what happens to Judas. And then we're going to discuss the differences between the way that Judas responds to his sin and betrayal and the way that Peter responds to his denial of Christ. And so let's get right down to scripture. If you turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 27, uh, verse number one. Verse number one says, When it was morning, all the chief priests and all the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priest gathered up the money, but said, It is not lawful to deposit this in the temple treasury, for it is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy a potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. When he was fulfilled, uh, then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field just as the Lord 
had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor and he questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word so that the governor was greatly amazed. And we'll stop right there, ladies and gentlemen, but as you can see, there's pretty good detail as to what happens to Judas. So Judas is the ultimate betrayer. History has shown that he is the ultimate betrayer. If you want to talk to somebody about being a, a, uh, a traitor, the first name that comes up would be Judas. And then you'd probably get into like Brutus or uh, Benedict Arnold here in America, right? The, the, the ultimate betrayers, traitors, people who turn on uh, those that love them, that, that guided them, that led them. I mean, Judas stood by for three years in Jesus's ministry and followed him. I mean, it, it, it would it'd be, it's an amazing act of betrayal, which makes it so, it makes it so bad. It's not, it's, and the fact that Jesus was blameless, Jesus was sinless. Jesus didn't deserve anything that uh, ultimately came to him, but it was already foretold because it was God's will. But I want to focus today specifically on the difference in reaction to sin, individual sin that you that, that one has caused themselves, that like you actively did something that you didn't want to do, you shouldn't do, that is uh, objectively wrong. And then the difference in, in how we, because it's important, right? It's important and why we come to you in these podcasts, it's important that we take the wisdom, the wisdom of scripture and don't just leave it in the past. It doesn't belong in the past. God is from everlasting to everlasting. So what we try to do is use these lessons, these lessons of wisdom, these lessons of tradition, these lessons of, of the personal, uh, of the personal interactions between people, the lessons of the human condition that scripture talks so intimately about and gives so much warning about. And we have to apply them to today. We have to apply them to our lives. We can't simply just read it and know it, memorize it, study it, meditate on it, and then leave it. Ours is a faith of action. We have to take these lessons and we have to enact them in our lives to make our lives on this earth better so that we can make the lives of our family and friends better so that we can grow the faith and then eventually reach everlasting life through God's grace. And so if you look at what happens to Judas, the ultimate betrayer commits the ultimate act of betrayal to betray his master, his teacher, his rabbi, the guy he accompanied for years on end for no reason other than the 30 pieces of silver. Recognizing his fault after turning him over with a kiss to these men who would crucify his teacher and rabbi. What an utter act of despicable betrayal. What happens? 
even though he knows that he did wrong and he comes to that realization that he did wrong he doesn't seek forgiveness he doesn't seek the lesson that Jesus has taught him all these years it goes back to what I just said it's not enough to listen to the message it's not enough to hear it or to even know it but if you don't enact on it if you don't live it then you fall short and we all fall short and so Judas after recognizing his fault tries to reverse what he's done and he goes to the chief elders and the chief priests and he tries to give back the 30 pieces that I don't want it I have sinned in betraying innocent blood he knows what he did he knows what he's done and they won't take it back because they're not going to not crucify Jesus the die has already been cast God's will has already been put in motion and so rather than repenting for the wrongs that he's done rather than asking for forgiveness possibly even following Jesus to his crucifixion maybe Judas could have been there to help him carry the cross when the time came we just don't know because he never thought it important enough to repent for his sins and ask God for forgiveness and so when we stray spiritually listen to me now when we stray spiritually and we commit acts of sin if we don't repent if we don't ask for forgiveness if we don't seek reconciliation with our Lord we we start to move in a direction that is not good for anyone we move in a direction of despair we move in a direction of desperation we move in a in a direction of depression and that depression will take shape into physical actions it's a mental decay an emotional decay a psychological decay that will lead to physical repercussions physical repercussions like alcoholism physical repercussions like drug abuse opioid abuse physical abuse physical repercussions that lead to suicide and suicidal ideations and that's exactly what happens to Judas the failure to repent the failure to recognize and, and seek God's forgiveness and reconciliation with him leads him down a road of depression emotional despair with physical consequences and suicide that my friends happens today this very day 22 veterans kill themselves umpteen hundreds and thousands commit suicide a year our youth our young adults are committing suicides in record numbers they're popping opioid pills in record numbers they're drinking is skyrocketing alcohol abuse is skyrocketing during the COVID environment because people are trapped in, inside and they're feeling that anxiety they're feeling that that depression they're feeling that despair and they're turning towards escapism they're torn they're turning towards things that are uh 
that are trying to get their minds off the reality. My friends, today, more than ever, we need reality. We need to be involved. We need to be engaged. We need to have clarity of vision. In order to do that, you can't be filled with all this escapism because it'll lead to physical repercussions as it happened in Judas. Now take what happened to Peter. Peter, the rock, designated the rock of the church by Jesus, but it has dual meaning. He's also the rock that tries to make Jesus stumble. He tries to tell Jesus, I won't let him crucify you. I won't let your, your father's will be done because I'm going to stand strong. I won't leave you. I won't let them take you. And then when they come for him, he pulls out, he unsheathed his sword and he cuts off an ear of the Sanhedrin that come to take him away. They come to take Jesus away. And all those times Jesus has to rebuke Peter. And he, he already foretold that you will deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter won't have it. He won't believe it. Then all of a sudden, when they take Jesus away, and the crowd starts getting loud as moms do, and they start recognizing Peter, the, you know, the, the, the woman recognizes Peter and says, you were with this Nazarene. You sound like this Nazarene. Are you sure you look like one of them? And he denies Jesus three times, even curses. And, he's, and he recognizes once the cock crows that Jesus foretold and he feels terrible. It doesn't, scripture doesn't really say what happens to Peter at that point. But we know that he doesn't follow Jesus to the cross. But by the time we meet Peter again, he's gone fishing. He doesn't know what to do. He's probably reflecting on what he did and how he denied Christ, his friend. And he's supposed to be the rock. But he turns towards God. He turns back towards Jesus. He seeks Jesus in the tomb. When Mary finds the tomb open, Peter and John rush to the tomb. And Peter's the first one in, seeking his teacher. He turns back towards his teacher. Having lost faith, he regains it. He seeks repentance. He becomes resilient, not in himself, but in the risen Lord and his friend. And that turn towards repentance when you mess up is what we also have to do. We have to turn towards repentance when we fall short because we all do. 323 says we all fall short of the glory of God. There is no condemnation in it. Because if we seek repentance, if we seek the face of our Lord and Savior, if we seek Christ, He can make all things new. There's a huge difference, my friends, between those who stumble and those who actively cause others to stumble. It's a difference between those who make mistakes 
and those who promote making those mistakes. I hear so many people, so many talking heads, especially when it comes to Christians and people who claim to be Christian. They're like, you're a Christian. How can you follow this dude? How do you, how can you follow this organization? How can you listen to this guy? How can you support this, this person? Look at all the individual problems that he's had or she's had. Yeah, we all have. We all face those trials. We all fall short. We all give in to our temptation, no matter what they are. And they're different for everybody. We give in to our anger. We give in to our lust. We give in to our jealousy. We give in to our ambition. We, we give in to our selfishness. If, and then we seek repentance for these things, recognizing our faults. It's vastly different than someone who justifies their sinful nature and encourages other people to do the same. So I'd ask you this Friday, as you go into your weekend, to think about how we respond to our own failures. Do we try to justify it? Do we turn towards despair and depression? Do we go down this ruinous path because we think we're not worthy? Or do we turn back towards God? Do we turn back towards forgiveness? Do we turn back towards repentance? Do we turn back to that road that leads to everlasting life? I'd ask you, if you haven't made that decision yet, to make that decision. Turn back towards the goodness. Turn back towards scripture. Turn back towards the road of life, to everlasting life. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a blessed weekend. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the time with your family. Glory in the goodness. Glory in the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. Because we should. It's a great time. No matter what the news would tell you. No matter what the craziness that you recognize on media, social media, and all that other stuff. Just remember that our God is a good God. And if we're doing what we're supposed to do, if we're living the life that we're supposed to live, if we are the light of the world and calling others around us to be the same step by step, bit by bit, then we're doing what God wants us. And we're on that road to everlasting life. And with that in our heads, we should be grateful. We should be rejoicing. And so have a blessed weekend. Stay on fire for Christ. Good morning, Christian America.